<laughs> Assalamu alaikum, everyone. This is the Safina Society podcast. Uh, today we have joining us uh, Hamza Qureshi. Uh, he's coming back from DC, and we also have our uh, regular crew, uh, Alex, uh, Saad, and Dr. Shadi joining us today. So today we're going to get started right away. We actually have a bunch of topics to cover in one topic. Mm-hmm. So we're actually talking about common <clears throat> Muslim problems. Mm-hmm. And I have a list here. So we're going to go down the first one, and then I'm just going to go around the table. Okay. Uh, pornography. Mm-hmm. So, Alex. Against. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Wait, do you even need to go around the table for this one? Well, it's not an against or for. Yeah. Well, so we're <laughs> no, we're not voting. Yeah. So we're we're debating. Uh, we're like, we're, we're going to go around the table. No, like, none of these are yes or no. None of these are pro or con. What, what other options do we have, right? No, I think, I think, what are we going around the table just to get in it, some input on what... Uh... So here's the thing. I think pornography is a much larger problem than a lot of people make it out to be. Of course. And no, I, one, no one even wants to bring it up because it's so embarrassing. Yeah, so I think over the last like five years or so, I think it's gotten a little bit more light than it has before. Um, and that's because we now have even crazier issues. Of right? course, yeah. Right, like people... Of course, I mean, don't even get me started. We've talked about these things mm-hmm. already. Yeah. <laughs> what was it? What was that one picture I just showed you guys? You just showed me trans aging. So, so this guy, trans aging, father, father. His this is an example of trans aging. But we're not we're not going to get distracted here. I'm going to keep you on yeah, track. Yeah, go ahead. But I'm going to tell you this <laughs> this thing. picture: trans aging, father leaves wife and seven children to go live as, to go live as a six year old girl. So, <laughs> so, that's it. so that's actually it's just a mental trans, health issue. That's actually trans aging and transgender, right? Not trans. Not, not neither of those words mean anything. But I'm not, I'm not gonna delay that. Yeah, but yeah, reason is a whole so, other subject. So I, I bring the topic of pornography. Is it's gotten a little bit more light now because of these crazy well, topics. Not even, so I would disagree that it's <clears throat> it's less important though because these crazy topics are really rare. They get a lot of press, and we talk about them a lot. But it's actually stuff that happens. It's it's disappearingly rare. You know, the numbers, depending on who you trust, on how many people claim to be transgendered, it's still like a small fraction of 1%. It doesn't even come yeah. close to half a percent. Versus it doesn't even right? come Whereas close. Pornography is rampant. It's yeah, an epidemic. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the effects are so serious. Like, if you have somebody that, that thinks that they're transgender and they have, you know, uh, this, this gender this dysmorphia problem, right? Or dysphoria, which is in the DSM. That's one problem. But people who are addicted to pornography, this affects their entire life. It affects their iman. It infe- it affects their ability to pray sometimes because they don't have they don't have ghosts, they don't have wudu. It affects their marriages. They don't they, they don't even want to be with real life uh, women or men. Like there's there's tremendous implications mm-hmm. to this as opposed to this one thing that gets a lot of press nowadays because of Bruce Jenner. Yeah, which um, is also the the proportionate of. People to that those things yeah, versus press uh, that it gets is way yeah. out of proportion. Yeah, it's way out of proportion. Yeah. Whereas the pornography epidemic and the problem and the huge thing. Yeah. And I mean, people are not... A, a lot of people take it like it's not that big a deal. Like, okay, it's hot on yeah. and you yeah. can't do it. But there are serious long-term implications of what that does to people's psychology. What oh, it yeah. Does yeah. To their, there's, to their, there's serious psychological effects. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. reading this story of uh, this one brother. He had this constant pornography addiction. He tried to get off of it. He went to the masjid. He tried all these different things. He went to Hajj. <clears throat> he came back from Hajj, and he and he writes his story about how as he was dropping his mother and his wife off to the other house, 
right after this is like he literally just came from the airport from Hajj and then he went and watched porn right and and then he was like this is how and that's when he realized like now I have a problem yeah Yeah. right (laughs) and so it's 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 not like I know a lot of people think it's like oh you know if I just read some Quran this will solve the problem for some people it's a lot deeper than that what I mean these things are habits right so Habits with triggers all over the place. Mm-hmm. How do you stop a habit with triggers all over the place? That's un- it's not like any other habit, if you think about it. Yeah. Uh, alcohol requires a setting, requires a, a much more privacy, and has a much more obvious results, right? It's like a doubtless result that you're going to yeah. come in drunk. Uh, all the other things cost a lot of money. A lot of things cost a lot of money. Yeah. This one snare, right, is free. It's instant access, and it has no visible, right, repercussion, no immediate visible repercussion, right. With the one exception that Alex said that obviously, uh, you can miss your salah if you don't have ghusl, right, and you're in go- embarrassed to go make a ghusl in front of everyone else, right. <clears throat> yeah, your mother looking at you like you just what are you talking? Yeah. You just yeah. prayed five minutes exactly, ago. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You live in a small apartment, right? <clears throat> Strange to find you taking a shower right, this hour or that hour. All right. But besides that one, right? The, besides that one, it's a very easy thing to get ensnared in. You know? Yeah. Very easy to get ensnared in. So that's why it's a, a, a much more insidious issue. And also, addiction has to be defined in a different, in certain ways. Right. How do, how do people define an addiction? Sharia just says it's halal or haram, right? But how do we define an addiction? Is it something that someone does cannot stop doing and it's that de- de- hurting their lives right. i think that's the best definition of an addiction that i got whereas then you have a next level down which is a habit a bad habit which is something that people do they don't really have much control like they still always do it but it's to a point that it doesn't affect their daily lives right or affected so that's another tranche down right so, right. so it's like when you're a functional addict Functional addicts, that's exactly what it is. And, and pornography is so much of a problem that it's not even just Muslims that have recognized it, right? It's it's non-Muslims as well, not just like religious like church groups, but mm-hmm. even non-religious people have recognized oh, that yeah, pornography is, right. is a problem in itself. Um, there's, there's two references for, for that uh, I've heard Olamad talking about. Mm-hmm. One is Pamela Paul's book, Pornified. Mm-hmm. Which it's not a recommended read, but if you're in the social sciences or if you're dealing with people that have these problems and you're somebody that's in counseling, you should become familiar with it. Mm-hmm. And the other one is Chris Hedges' book, and I don't remember the title right now. Yeah, with <coughs> Empire of Illusion. Uh, Chris Empire of Illusion. Yeah. So the yeah, second chapter of Empire of Illusion is all about the pornography industry and the type of things that happen. And some one of the things that people don't consider is we always think about the end user and the effects on them, but the entire industry you're supporting some of the worst haram, right? Because these are people a lot of times that are being forced into this. Some of them are underage. Some of them are coming from long cycles of abuse and are ending up in this industry because of that. And this is just perpetuating those things. I mean, there was a case, uh, it was in the news like two weeks ago, of a a porn actress like that's been doing it forever. She looks like she's 40 or something in that article. Um, So she must have been, which means she's probably 25, but whatever. She's been doing it for a long time. And uh, she she charged the guy that was in the movie with her with rape because like it was all non-consensual. So like women are being raped on camera. These actresses, the ones that come out and actually say it. if she was like some 17, 18 year old just just trying to get into the business, so-called 
she probably wouldn't even report it. She would just be like, that's part of the game. Yeah. So this is the stuff that you're also supporting when you support it. And don't think that because it's free, you're not supporting it. There's ad-based stuff and whatever else they do. To, they're making money. It's not like people I, are just giving this out of jail. I heard, I think from, um, what's his name? Who's in New Jersey? What's his name? You just mentioned uh, Empire of Illusion. Oh, Chris, Chris Hedges. Chris Hedges. He's from, he's from down the road, basically. He's Princeton, his think tank. But I think also from his book, he, said, he noted that, uh, maybe it's not from his book exactly, but he noted that NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball combined, yeah. combined has a smaller audience and revenue right. than pornography. That's crazy. That's insane. I'm, Which insane? That doesn't surprise me though. Yeah. That doesn't. That doesn't. You know what surprises me though is how they make money, right? Right. Why? Because the, it, uh, people pay for this stuff. stuff all yeah. is all free. Yeah, it's but people free. pay for this stuff. I mean, I'm sure they do. Because, like, you see, like, even a lot of, uh, even if you play, like, some of these games on cell phones, like, it'll take yeah. you to some website, that'll take you to another website. People yeah. just crawl. Like, that's just the web, right? right. And yeah. people pay for these things. I'm not shocked. Yeah. So, you you and Sad would be better to know this, but a lot of, a lot of stuff, like Facebook, Facebook's not free. Um, I saw a quote recently that said, like, when you're using an app like Facebook or, uh, or uh, a website like Facebook that you think it's free, yeah. if you're not the customer... Then you're the product. You are the yeah. product, right. of course. Which oh, is yeah. what they do. They're your your eyeballs. eyeballs are the product, yeah. of course. Yeah. They're running all sorts of analytics on you. Of course, you, and, you know all the things. Your eyeballs yeah, are the product, of course. So I mean, uh, I lost my train of thought, but what I was trying to say is, uh, pornography in itself. Like, I have a question: If someone was struggling, yeah. right? Like, let's say someone's listening to this. I want to get. I want to. I don't want to stay just on one topic. And it, the thing is, I don't. I don't think this little 20 minutes 15 minute bit is enough to solve the problem but what can we do to at least well, guide someone in the right direction that here do this maybe this, this, are, this could take you there in the are right a couple direction. issues that come surrounding it for example uh the problem in itself for the individual with allah is allah is very clear and easy on what he expects there are rules obviously we all know that but then there's also rules of how you break the rules right when you break the rules you can fall off, if, you, if you ever remember when they started having rollerblades or, or skateboards, right? They used to teach you never fall on your wrists. Go on to your elbows or like, like put your elbows out so you fall on your whole forearm or turn your shoulder and fall on your shoulder. Right. The sunnah teaches us how to fall in ways where you could fall the same number of times and 10 times more and come out stronger. Mm-hmm. Whereas you could fall one time the wrong way and you're, you've broken both of your wrists, right? With mm-hmm. Allah, a person should never <clears throat> try to be stubborn and have a good, strong reputation of piety with Allah, we should be broken with Allah. We should admit that we're weak and we should constantly be making tawbah, right? Mm-hmm. Consider it a weakness, right? It's a weird, there's, there's, a, lot, there's a, a lack of spiritual power going around to people in general. Look at the Prophet said, the ulama will die one after the other and no one will replace them. Ulama do not just give us knowledge, right? They don't just give us knowledge. The big awliya, they don't give knowledge only. Allah says in Quran, they give nur, right? If, was it the one better who was dead or, the, or is the one better who was given life? Then we made him walk amongst the people passing his nur, right? Giving light to the people that he interacts with. And the one of the Things about wilaya is that you pass this nur, this spiritual energy that makes you 
uninterested in worldly things. That's what it makes you. It make it calms your ego down instead of inflaring it. It calms it down and then makes you uninterested and makes you busy with spiritual matters. Today, our spirituality is like nothing. It's like there's sand in a well, right? We just have the books and we know what we're supposed to believe and do. And we got to start and we got to do it. And then hopefully we pray that Allah accepts us and, and will send us someone, right? To, to motivate us, energize us, right? And to get over these things. But the point is that, uh, and whatever else people are uh, suffering from, the point is that we know how to fall in Islam, all right, without damaging ourselves spiritually. One of the ways that shaitans try to do is they try to make you commit a small sin, then get addicted on it. Then they tell you to fight it because they know you're going to fight so hard, you're going to fall again. Then eventually he wants to get you to a point. This is ultimately... All of pornography, shaitan wants to get you to one point. He wants to get you to the point of saying, I can't do this. What is the point? The Quran doesn't work. Fasting doesn't work. The Sunnah doesn't work. It's all fake. It's all a fraud. I give up hope completely. <laughs> this is what shaitan wants you to do. The big shayateen want you to lose hope in Allah. Whereas the little shayateen, their job is just to get you ensnared in addictions. Mm -hmm. And once you get snared in an addiction, it's like a cash cow for them. Because he doesn't have to do anything. All he has to do is hit you, get, move you to the trigger spot. Like get you to walk to that one street at that hour where you're going to go to the club and then get wasted again. That's all he has to get you to do. But you're gonna, your nefs will take over after that. So this is the issue is that we fall, even if a Muslim out there, I'm not actually so interested, believe it or not, in the cure to addictions because I don't, I'm very skeptical about all these things. The cures to all these addictions. And they give you a little book, right? I don't know if these things work, to be honest with you. Who Ten knows? steps. I don't know how. I've never seen one way to fix a problem, right? So, but but the what I'm interested in is to make sure the Muslims are educated and realize, especially the youth, of how to fall. That you could fall a hundred thousand times, but you're going to get stronger every time mm. by realizing mm -hmm. you lower the value of your own ego, of yourself, in front of Allah Azza wa Jalla, right? And then you continue to fight, even though you're not getting the spiritual rewards that you expect. So this is just one element. Okay, you continue to fight and know Allah's forgiving. Um, the second element has to do with fiqh of interactions, and that is, many young people tell me they send me like anonymous messages, and they say, "Brother, <clears throat> I'm about to propose to a girl. I'm a good Muslim, right? What do I do if she asks me certain questions?" Like, have you ever had a girlfriend, right? Have you smoked marijuana, right? Uh, have you, uh, that one's easy. We could tell you just you didn't inhale. That wouldn't work for some other people, right? <laughs> I smoked, but I didn't inhale. Uh, now, my message is to the girls. Uh, we're not supposed to ask about private sins. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. You can ask if someone has a medical issue because that affects you. Do you have an STD? Do you have any disease that's communicable? You have a right to ask that because that's your going to be involved in that right? right but you don't have the right to ask right did, did you do x and y privately between you and allah that's not your business right? right that's not your business you can ask if they have a communicable disease of any sort even you don't even have to say std just say communicable disease because yeah. it's going to be communicable anyway right right so this is for the sisters some some sisters say oh I, the first thing i ask do you ever look at pornography right okay let me tell you sister you're not really supposed to be asking that that's a private business of someone else between him and Allah Azza We have hadith that says, Allahumma wa amr rawatina. Right? May Allah guard our 
pri- uh, privacy, all right, our private sins and, and, and protect us from being humiliated. All right. So we shouldn't be asking those questions and we shouldn't volunteer that information either. Uh, uh, let me, um, I've been like sort of monologuing here, but let me just show you another thing that was, uh, came up recently. A brother asked me, he said, brother, the Quran says uh, that uh, the adulteress should only marry the adulteress and the adulterer should only marry the adulterer and the pure should marry the pure. I have been made toba 15 years ago, right? But in my youth, I committed zina, right? And now he's like, I'm so, what do I do? What do I tell the, uh, you're my in-laws, right? Do I tell them? I said, subhanAllah, you didn't understand the verse properly. This verse is for the repeat offender now. Like he's active. he's an active. active zani now, right? If someone wants to be honest, I'm going to leave that to his his thing. But let me just tell you what the law says. The law says if you're an active adulterer, serial adulterer now, then you should not marry a woman who's pure. Mm-hmm. You won't even understand each other, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the one active adulterer and the other active adulterer uh, on the female side adulteress is it yeah, right adulterous. so they will have the same problem right so they should marry because they understand the struggle that they're going through and the pure should marry the pure right because they, they don't understand that world <laughs> so this uh, is important I know that in the Hanafi school and I don't know if this is across all the madahib that there's there's really two types of virginity there's actual biological virginity. You've never had mm-hmm. sexual intercourse. And then there's also constructive virginity, meaning you may have committed a sin, you made toba, and that's it. It's between you and Allah. Mm-hmm. And for all, like even if you're asked, yeah. man or woman, you're asked, have you ever, and you no. Yeah, active. Really? Versus yeah. constructive. Versus yes. Constructive. Yeah, the brothers asked me, okay, I have all these sins privately between me and Allah, right? Do I supposed to, I say, you know, you do not have to admit that stuff. Yeah. Unless it has to do directly with the person in front of you. Do you lie though? Huh? It's not a lie. So this is this is the point. At least according to Sheikh Faraz, he was saying that in the Hanafi school, if a, if a person has committed dinna in the past and they've made sincere tawbah and they've stayed away from it, and now they're being proposed marriage, right? And the person <clears throat> proposing asks for some reason, which you're not even supposed to, but they ask. It's not a lie to say, no, I'm a virgin. Interesting. L- legally, it's... It's called. It's still a type of virginity because you've left that sin behind. The virginity that people always like. We we have this concept of virginity as being like something touched and then it's over. You're no more. You're it's it's gone. You're not a virgin. The person who lost their virginity in an act of sin and then has repented from that sin and Allah accepts toba from us, right? If it's sincere, then that person that is person, like if they he, never did it. Yes, anything. he's allowed wow. to marry. He's allowed to marry again. Yeah. Normal, like a married. And virgin you're not normal. supposed to say yes, I did. You're supposed to say no, I did not. <clears throat> Interesting. Yeah, because uh, the Sharia, unlike many other people who think honesty is revealing my dark skeletons, and here they are. This is me. This is not. This is the opposite, because you corrupt a society that way. Let's say all of us here this say spill the beans on all our sins. Right. All of us are going to go home thinking mm-hmm. I'm actually not that bad. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. In comparison to so and so. Right. Right. And some people say, oh, it's a false mirage of religious communities that we're all good. No. But we no. that mirage benefits you. Right. Because I'm make i ashamed yeah. now. Right? Otherwise, it becomes a norm. It's it like, becomes oh, a they, norm. they did this. Yeah. Oh, I can do this. It's if, fine. If you don't want to, what the media does is they do the construction of manufacturing of normalcy. Right? Mm-hmm. So incest was in the tabloids, in the grimy tabloids ten, four, three, four years ago. Yeah. This week, it's in Cosmopolitan. 
in two years it'll be in the New York Times. Right. As soon it'll be in Hollywood. Then you're gonna have like someone like Tom Hanks being like the dad of someone who's doing incest. And and he's Normalize. Yeah. <laughs> he he's like resistant in the beginning of the movie, breaking stuff, yeah. crying. Then, it's then at the end of the movie, you know. You're still my family and I love you. Then it's in a McDonald's commercial. Yeah, at exactly. That point, you're, at that point, that's it. And, <laughs> and then, then, and then at some point, elected officials are going to go, well, yeah. it's heartbreaking that exactly, these people right. don't accept these people's right to that's love what each it other. Is. Exactly. It's that's crazy. what it is. Yes. It's yeah. No, and we're going to be listed next. Normalized. And unfortunately, we're going to be listed that next to it. That would be interesting because of all of the developmental uh, implications of offspring. Well, right. you can make because arguments of the like known... they discussed it already. Yeah. They figured the reason ra- they rationed the rationed it yeah. away. You go well. What if what if it's like two brothers? Right. They're not going to re- procreate anyway. Yeah. Well, what yeah. if it's two blind people who aren't related? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They have a proclivity to produce another blind child. You're not allowed going to allow right. them to marry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the other thing is, like, they could say, well, you can you, people can have uh, surgery so that they can't reproduce. Mm-hmm. Whatever. By the way, you know it's it's legal in New Jersey. Yeah. What well, happened? What? Incest. Yeah. It yeah. happened accidentally. It's, not, it's, it's, Ac- it's totally legal in New Jersey. Yeah. What, accidentally, I mean, like getting married, or like because is that is that legislated like that? Like there's states itself? where Look yeah, there's states where it's illegal. It New Jersey up. is not one of them. Uh, New Jersey allows it. There's like actually the marriage between Allah uh, If they allow the the actual legal marriage, they might. By the way, but they definitely do not criminalize the act. The precedent is that they found a guy who had fallen in love with a girl. She's like 18. He was like 40. Right, and they discovered that they're that's his daughter, right? Wow. This was wow. accidental, like so. Afterwards, they discovered that, but they said, you know what, we're gonna stay together, right? So that's... my the point I'm saying is that it's you, we have to be careful of the manufacture of normalcy, right. right? The manufacture of normalcy because slowly it begins in some bizarre odd corner. So yeah, you're right. Apparently. So, sexual relationships among adult relatives are legal. According to the New York Magazine story, um, there was a an unnamed 18-year-old. See? Yeah. And, <laughs> I'm not going to go into the details, but That's yes. Not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, by the way, another thing, continuing on this, you know, I, something that I find problematic, and I, I, I don't know what the ruling in this idea is. I think I have an inclination, but I'm not going to is this obsession in some cultures with investigating the virginity of a bride on the on the wedding night mm-hmm. like you have to demonstrate that she that she was like this is, another for me that, that seems insane what? do yeah. muslims do that though? i mean i've heard that in like some some like hindu cultures and yeah. whatnot but i'm not sure like do muslims actually do that you should well, read, that read, would, that would read, read egyptian feminists like, really? like, uh, yeah let me tell you something That's one else of the big complaints about virginity that uh like Alex is talking about different types of virginity. A woman who is raped, right, is no longer technically a virgin, but in the eyes of the law, she's like, virgin, right? like technically she's not a virgin, but she's not a Xenia, no, by any means. Right. And she's a virgin, like, in theory, I mean, in, in spirit, what I should right. say, right? Because she didn't actively go and do Zina, right? right? Many people have sicknesses, whereas where that might uh, be compromised. So the point of being is uh, is not to look at the technical Or active sports. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, like to Alex's point, um, this one Arab girl I remember she was telling me, um, she's like some of her relatives do this as well, um, like people actually check their daughters. Oh my god, like, to see if they're virgins. Like insane. there's like a check, a scheduled check. How stupid can you be? And like they prevent, like they that's say, what, oh, that's <laughs> what we need to do. <laughs> how, how, how stupid <laughs> can you be? <laughs> and then like beyond that, like when they're kids, they don't let them ride bicycles, like they do activities. Kidding, like, yeah, this is like an, this is this is an obsession. 
yeah. just a small yeah. part of what you should be concentrating on instead of you know these kind of things and terrorizing your kids and threatening them is raising them so that you know that they won't do that yeah. because you raised them right yes. and and have a society in which marriage is made available and easy for people right yeah absolutely so uh inshallah i do want to move on to the next topic now oh, i think i think it was uh yeah, didn't you ex- have like seven i do <laughs> actually we'll try to get marriage already we'll we're, try to get to get to as many we're as we at can. 25 minutes wow uh, it's all good i think it was uh it was a good conversation yeah. um so the next one is uh and i'm going to combine the both of these um lack of community and depression mm. the next two really but i think they're they're they, they're intertwined uh, lack of community, disconnection from elders, and depression. Really, that's like the whole. Let so, me. So sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Just define lack of community for a second. So I think a lot of youth, a lot of younger, a lot of the younger generation feels disconnected from the community, whether it be because the communities are not as welcome, welcoming, or because of X, Y, and Z reason. Whatever it may be, there's clearly a disconnect from community that you see uh amongst the younger generation because i think just just to be um fair like i think even lack of community even like the lack of community in the muslim like uh ummah is already like way above the sense of community that any other group has you know what i mean like uh, even, you're 100 even, right. even the low standard of lack of community for muslims <clears throat> is already like way more community yeah. than people are you're 100 right you're 100 and and actually you have a solid point and and that's where the depression thing comes in i know my uh i always think about this a lot because my my dad tells me all the time he's like if you go to uh villages in india he's mm-hmm. like the concept of depression doesn't exist doesn't exist right because nobody's ever de- ever been depressed and even knows what that means yeah. right uh if you're sad you cry it out and you move yeah. on with and your most life people are too poor to think about yeah. exactly. themselves and and, so, and it's because of community and meeting with one another and i think it's the it's the nature of the culture and the environment we live in in america where everybody's kind of disconnected like i remember you know one of the 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 uh, one of the great sunnas is visiting the sick in mm-hmm. america visiting the sick is not text so easy him. text him yeah. you, that's just text the guy i visited one guy <laughs> and i visited one guy literally he goes to me oh, he could have just texted wow right? yeah. <laughs> wow <laughs> but i'm not shocked like if you want to visit people because it's like there's this barrier that people have in their privacy as if like you know people can't come visit people yeah. can't come see you right and it's like this mirage of the community here and and i think that is a big part and parcel of depression yeah. as a whole and even tying back to your previous point about pornography if you think about it that activity is a very solitary, singular activity, yeah. right? You're not consuming porn in public, yeah. right? Not so, yet. Well, yeah. Let's hope. Not yet. Let's hope. If it, I, I'm not going to tell you to look it up, but uh, although public I would, porn, I'm sure you're going to find but, results that, for that. But, but the point I'm trying to make here is that community is almost like an antidote to that, right? Because it, because it gets you out. It gets you with people. It prevents you from being in a solitary yep. environment. Yeah. Where you're you're more likely to as as Dr. Shetty was saying about triggers, right? If you're sitting alone, right, you got nothing to do, that could be a potential trigger for somebody who's addicted yeah. to pornography. Right. Whereas true. if you get out and you're interacting with people, especially with like righteous, pious people, then that becomes less and less or of a of a, people come to you yeah, in your home. Exactly. That becomes less of a kind of a shadow in the back yeah. of your mind. I remember uh in two thousand I went to my I hadn't been to Egypt for a long time. So I went to my grandma's place. My grandma lives in sort of a busy road, not really busy, 
but it's near a very busy road. Uh, a little dirt road. She lives on the ground level apartment. And literally the apartment is probably like one main room, a little kitchen that two people can fit. And then two rooms. Okay. And a bathroom. That's the whole apartment. Now she sits there. She had like a throne basically. That she sits there on the throne basically. And I'm telling you, I'm sitting there. The door. I don't even know why she has a door. People are coming <laughs> in. Why, why That's do you even, just how it works. People yeah. are coming in and out all day. No, and I'm like, this no, is no. so cool. This is so awesome. Literally, she and the, and back, back then there was a green grocer. She used to buy the, she opened the window. There's no screen or anything. They didn't have laws in these yeah, countries, right? Yeah. There's no screen or anything. She just opens the window. She buys the groceries there. The guy comes in for milk, right? He comes in, right? He gives her, sells her the milk and sits down for a little chat, right? Because, and then, uh, once one of her daughters comes in, one of her grandkids comes in, another grandkid comes in, all right? And then some people come in just looking for other people. Is he there? This is before cell phones, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, right? Is, 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 right. Is, he, is he there? Because I figured yeah. maybe he, I didn't see him, so maybe yeah. he's here. I'm telling you, this was so great, and yeah. that's why she had our faculties. Right. The concept of thinking about yourself, yeah. you don't even have time. Right. You just, don't have time. Just having that many guests in in and of itself mm-hmm. is such a huge blessing, yeah. right? To have that many people just come in, be around you all the time, like that's a huge blessing. It's huge. Yeah, I think it's, it's a huge. big cultural thing too. Um, like humans, humans by nature are very social. Very social. Like, I remember I took this one uh, psychology, uh, sociology class, yeah. and there was a study where they actually measured people's hormonal levels and neurotransmitters yeah. when they're around people versus uh-huh. when they're alone. Yeah. And even just being like in a setting with two, three other people. Like changes everything. Yeah, your your entire body's different. Yeah, we should not consider it like uh, we should consider it like not only it could like a norm, but a requirement to live around people like minded beliefs and habits and and whatever. And other things. It's all software, right? Yeah. Yeah. Although I want to just jump in with a counterpoint that there is for the Muslim real benefit in solitude if it's done right. Now, mm-hmm. if you're sitting home alone watching TV, this is playing yeah. video games and being distracted, it's terrible. Even, by yeah. the way, having a cell phone with you on Atikaf right. is not Atikaf. Yeah. You're checking sports scores. Yeah. <laughs> Part of that is probably redefining what solitude is, right? Yeah. Because very few people, I think, have the ability to just be solitary nowadays. You're sitting at home, mm-hmm. you're in front of a computer, you're, you have a phone in front of you or something, right? Like, in, in a sense, you're always still... Just yeah. a, just a, just a, you know, arms reach away from. You Which know. is why I think that the social networking actually is a misnomer. That's terrible. It's a misnomer because on online communities can be the weirdos, <laughs> right? That would have been neutralized. Shout by, out to Reddit. Yeah, that's, that that's would have been neutralized by your regular yeah. family. It's absolutely one hundred percent true. Right, one hundred percent true. There's these are people who would never have had any voice in an actual community. Mm-hmm. People will see them coming in with their yeah. Cheeto-stained fingers. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and they go, you're, what are you talking yeah. about? Nobody's yeah. listening to you. Right. Yeah. I remember Mount, and, Mount, and then you Mount start realizing. I remember yeah. Saad texted yeah. me. This, I th- this, you might not even remember this. It was yeah. like a year ago. We were talking about something about pornography. And some guy on Reddit yeah. was like, he was angry that some guy had posted like an illicit picture, and Saad was like, yeah. "You know, this same person, he's he's probably watching pornography yeah, right probably. in his mom's basement." Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> I think I made a comment about the Cheetos as well. That's, he's, a, that's, that's a big thing. That's a big stereotype. What's up with the Cheetos? Why <laughs> so you guys keep saying Cheetos? It's just like a, oh, it's a stereotype of people yeah. who stay online all the yeah, time. Yeah. Just sitting down eating Cheetos yeah. and drinking. <laughs> <laughs> and drinking <laughs> and drinking <laughs> yeah. That's why I said it that one time, 
in, the, in their mom's basement. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah, um, <laughs> but the, no, the thing that I was talking about, sounds like Sheikh Mukhtar Maghrawi, once he mentioned that the greatest moments he's ever, is when he's alone with Allah. And he's, and he actually said, which is so, so true, it was true for me and it's true for most, he said, most of you have no idea what I'm talking about. Right. But for those that do, you realize yeah. that this is absolutely true. Mm-hmm. And so those moments of solitude, there are opportunities if we use them to remember Allah, to engage in dhikr, to read Quran. And, I, you know, I was listening to an earlier par- podcast where you said that one of the things that these phones do is they distract us and they shorten our attention span to the point where even engaging with Allah's word becomes like, all right, I need, I so need to share this, yeah. right? Yeah. I need, to I need share some this. other stimulation now. Yeah. yeah, Or some people even go online and share the experience. Like, why do you need to talk to me about this? So it's a deep spiritual experience. Keep it. You had a spiritual. Funny, you had a right? funny line on that other one. Like, I'm taking my mother to the airport. Yeah. Who cares? I know. <laughs> and there's traffic on exit one thirty two. I didn't hear that line. <laughs> she she that? said the the crazy status, the stupid statuses yeah. that people put, yeah. put on and one, like I'm taking my mother to JFK airport. Yeah. And yeah. what do you want? <laughs> I know. I'm guilty of this, so yeah. I'm not gonna yeah. Yeah. I'm guilty of this, so I'm not going to speak. That's why on he's that. so quiet. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so yeah, so 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 the thing about community is it is important, but it's also important for us as Muslims to learn how to be alone, and that you have to actually try. It's yeah. not the world that we used that it used to be, right? It's, right. So you got to turn your phone off mm-hmm. and have a moment in the day when you tell everyone in your family, listen, this is uh, just quiet time, mm-hmm. and force yourself. And sometimes you're going to go bananas at first. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. going to be tough. And you're going to be like, I don't know what to do. In 20 minutes, it's going to seem like 20 hours. Yeah. Yep. But then there'll become a time where you start to to, yeah. to really crave it. And you understand. And you'll have experiences that you don't have normally yeah. right. in this fast pace. And, and I think the <clears throat> distinction that you're making here is between constructive solitude versus destructive solitude. Indeed. Right? So it's like, you know, if, if you can sit in solitude, right, in, in reflection or in remembrance, right, then that's good. But if it's a destructive habit for you, then maybe initially you need to kind of get that under control first before you can, you know, engage. I right. think the most important solitude now is solitude from computers and phones. Mm-hmm. It's more important than solitude from humans, right? And solitude from humans is that's like the next step. It used to be in the Islamic world that it's understood that a person is going into retreat mm-hmm. and people knew what to do in and spiritual retreat and we're talking about spiritual retreat. it could be for us is like 25 minutes right 50 minutes an hour 40 days right? they used to do 40 days and this was a normal where's your son oh he's in retreat yeah. okay yeah. so <laughs> key to Yo, the yeah. if you did that today people were like 40 days is yeah drop off the map like did he die? <laughs> oh no i'm telling you what with the psychology of people yeah. which is inherited from previous muslim generations yeah that if you are a guy that's sitting on your phone if you have a teenager sitting on their phone on the couch you're almost some of the parents are trained not to interrupt their kid when the kid's on the phone or else the kid's gonna throw in a, a temper tantrum even though the kid's 18 that's our they're next trained time. okay yeah. now here's the other oh, thing <laughs> now if you get in that same family a kid who says i need to go upstairs and he's go upstairs and he starts reciting quran for an hour i'll guarantee you the mama wanted intervention She's going to say he's gone up in his room to recite Quran for an hour. What's next? ISIS? He's going to start right? adopting, adopting cats. Exactly. And on Twitter. exactly. <laughs> because I'm telling you, we are trained ISIS now to be alarmed by the concept of someone retreating from you know, socialization right. to do something spiritual. We're alarmed by this. People will even be convinced that this is a heresy. And well, a people will think this is depression. They'll be yeah. like, oh, he's, one, yeah. he's going yeah. into depression. Stuff like that. So I can share this because, and it's, because he's shared it publicly. So, so you know Zach? Yeah. Zachary, who's a member of our community, 
he did this when before he became Muslim. Like he just he was in high school and he got some books on Islam and he was very and he just he just stopped hanging out with his friends. Mm-hmm. He would come home, say hi to his parents, go to his room, come out for dinner, go back to the room, read, read, study, think, contemplate, and eventually he took a shahada. So and this was like a fifteen year old Christian kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's, it's how it works. But uh, Imam Haddad says that just being alone from humans and from te- for us technology mm-hmm. as well. He said just being alone polishes the insight right. of a person. Yeah. Just you're not doing anything. Just being alone. Look how Allah raised His messengers. Right? He didn't tell them before the angel came to them do prayers. He just had him be alone. Be shepherds. They were all shepherds. Yeah. Shepherd by nature, you're going to be alone, right? Because yeah. you're traveling far, looking for the pastures. Mm-hmm. And you are alone all day. And these prophets, everyone, prophets are always prophets, but they're not always doing the work of prophets. In other words, they don't always know that they're prophets. So Prophet Musa, Prophet Muhammad, وسلم, all of these messengers, or the messengers like them, they did not know they were messengers until adulthood. But in their youth, they had long gaps of time where they were alone, mm. all day, alone. It's very true. You know, so. it's one of the greatest things that I that I do sometimes is, you know, get up really early, go out to like West Jersey or someplace, mm, West or South Jersey, and go out into the mountains, hike up, get to where there's no cell phone yeah. reception, wait for the sun to come up, sit, mm-hmm. sitting completely still, being very quiet, Subhan. right. And you're experiencing you, the things that you hear, right? Like you're picking up on yeah. the smallest sounds. Yeah. And you have no choice, right? Right. And then once the sun comes up and those birds start flying overhead, start. Subhanallah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> right? Or go out fishing. Fishing is amazing. That. You're also, <laughs> he was like, <laughs> burst out the shotgun. <laughs> well, you have to be very still and quiet yeah. so that they don't see you. Uh-huh. <laughs> but sa- same thing, go out fishing. You go out at like four in the morning, right? We and love America. Drop your line. Yeah. <laughs> I do love America. That's as American as you get. Let, let, me, let me tell you something that um, Daoud Yassin mentioned. Oh, he said, yeah. hunting is actually one of the most spiritual and social uh, activities you can ever do. That's he true. says, firstly, if you're hunting something big like a, like buck and deer and these types of things, Usually the tribes used to do it all. All the guy, all the men of the tribe would go out together because you need to get a lot of these and carry them back. Yeah, it's not, it's not a one-man game. You can't do that by yourself. You can't carry a buck back by yourself. Number two, you have to stay still for so long. That's spirituality right there. Mm-hmm. It hones and you're in nature. He says you sit there for literally hours waiting for your target to pass by mm-hmm. and no one can talk and you're in nature and it's like, this is a very deep spiritual exercise. Very beautiful time. When we say spiritual, what do we mean by it? We mean you come back and you have an aversion to corruption. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, think about that. You you can have a bad moment where you're online, like, late into the night, and you're drinking fizzy drinks and being dumb. Right? You know this is junk. I'm, I'm, I'm in the gutter right now. Yeah. You know that, right? And then you have moments where you just made it to Kaf in Ramadan. You prayed Fajr. You come home. Right? right. If you see a computer or a cell phone, you're averse to it. At that moment, you're averse to it, right? Yeah. That's yeah. So true. that's like what well, the benefit. That's what we mean by it hones your spirituality. Also, social. You don't know who your friends are until you get stuck in uh, like a mud hole mm-hmm. out in the woods in <laughs> South Jersey, <laughs> and your friend has to pull you out. Yeah. Shout out to Osman Chaudhry. Right. <laughs> He's a real G. <laughs> so, all right. So next topic. Yeah. Uh, how kids. And parents deal with one another today. So I know, uh, Dr. Shetty, you touched on that. Where the kids uh, <sighs> nowadays... Uh, 
I have a problem with the parents nowadays. They're oh, yeah? weak. Uh, They're weak. The parents yeah. are afraid of the kids, to be honest with you. That's you I just don't really blame why. the kids in a lot of these situations. You cannot blame when they're young. You know, it's it's the parents that are instilling the values. Listen to this article that I came across the other day. And uh, my wife uh, always shares me with these things. Most of the things that I ask is she's the big reader in the household. But she said she shared with me this article and she said that uh, everyone knows the theory that your best early, your first friends shape your your first relationship, shape your life, Mm -hmm. your relationship with your mom, your dad and your first best friends will shape the way you, you are in the future. We all agree on that, right? Right. This article says what happens when your first deep relationship is with a with a machine, with a device. Mm-hmm. What happens when the first real attachment is not your mom and dad, but it's the device that they gave you? And I'm telling you, sometimes I go to the masjid and I tell these parents, how stupid can you be? Really, this <laughs> this phrase is very important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. phrase is very important. We're gonna How? take that sound clip. We're take that sound <laughs> so we have a sound bite. Yeah. Alex, why don't you just say it again? We're gonna clip. No, it was Doctor Shetty. Was that Doctor Shetty? Well, I'll yeah. insert it here. No, no, but, How stupid can you be? How stupid can you be? And I tell them, look, a lot of you are my friends. Some of you even come to our way of them scholarship class, but I I will never stop telling you that what you're doing is actually probably almost like criminal if you know what you're doing. Kid is addicted to his iPod or in his iPhone, or his iPad, and he's seven years old. Mm. And the kid whines two seconds, and they give him the pad. So you know know what you're doing. And our friend, uh, he's a, a, a psychiatrist, right? Arshad, he's yeah. a psychiatrist. And I said, give me the, sci- the science of this thing, because in my mind, I know this is wrong, right? He goes, if you give a kid a device before age 12, it's like giving them poison in his brain. Mm. right? Especially these little devices. The TV is less because it's big and you have to be a distance away from it, right? But the device is far worse. Mm. I think it leads to like under de- like socially undeveloped kids. Totally, well. totally. Like kids go through weirdos these days. I've I, I seen <laughs> some kids. I am totally serious. You're, you're 100% right. And let me tell you something that I have witnessed with my own two eyes. Absolute weirdos. Kids true. who are weirdos. Yeah. It's very right? true. And I'm, th- I'm looking at the kid and he's not. he doesn't have any malintent. And he's not a special needs child, right? We respect that. He's just weird, right? His behavior <laughs> like is abnormal. Kid, yeah. But this happened when Ramadan was in the summertime. That sounded like such an oxymoron. Yeah, yeah, what he's is just that? a normal weird kid. Yeah. He's like he's, 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 he's supposed to be normal. Yeah, he's physically, he's yeah. physiologically, yeah. mentally, he's normal. Yeah. But socially, he's been made to yeah. his behavior like, is abnormal. You, you can have a conversation with them. But if you look at their Twitter feeds... They're hilarious. Yeah. And and <laughs> now look at listen to this though. Ramadan was in the summer two years in a row, three years in a row, fully in the summer, hundred percent in the summer. Mm-hmm. And this is next year is gonna be the last it's not even gonna be hundred percent, right? In the summer. It's next year it won't year, be. Yeah. So it'll be finals in the end in the beginning of Ramadan. But I'm telling you, all of us in the masjid, we have witnessed these kids do like a hundred and eighty degree turn in the span of one Ramadan. Because of how much social interaction takes place. Because, firstly, they don't have school the next day. So they're coming into the masjid every night, which is not going to happen in the wintertime yeah. Ramadans, right? They're coming with their parents every single night, and they're staying all weekend long, sleeping mm-hmm. in the masjid, mm-hmm. staying for Friday, uh, into Sahur yeah. Saturday, Saturday into Sahur Sunday. Yep. Interacting with human beings. Yeah. With human beings, right? And then we open the gym. Some people criticized, how could you open the gym in Ramadan? Yeah. Let them go pray. 
I was like, you don't know anything. Right. Right. Yeah. I wanted to say the other thing. I said, I wanted to say how stupid can you be? He's actually going to edit it in there. I know. I wanted to say that. Right. How stupid can you be? This guy, he doesn't know what kids are going through. Right. Just the, when I see the kid, he prayed Aisha. Just pray to Aisha. I'm not even going to say pray to Tarawih. Some of these kids who are cases, right? Pray to Aisha and went and spent five hours in the gym playing soccer or just messing around with his friends. What we used to do. What, what it used to be considered a waste of time for us, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Today, I'm like, alhamdulillah, yeah. right? Yeah. He's getting normal. And I'm telling you, <laughs> right. the kids, yeah. uh, by the by the second Ramadan, they're normalized, <laughs> right? right? They're normal again. Honestly, honestly the, the, the Ramadan vibe is yeah. like unmatched. You know, unmatched uh, at, at the masjid it's unmatched it's unmatched if there is that space for youth yeah. and I'm yeah. telling you the masajid that don't uh, that drive uh, them away that they don't make a space for youth like right. I'm not saying like some kind of safe space like yeah. some no, kind of no, silly no, operation no I'm just saying the girls have their private space quarters to teen girls and the boy unfortunately the teen girls got stuck because they don't have like uh, they, they have the gym but they have to share space with the little kids right which is a problem I wish they could have their own space too and the boys have their space, right, to do whatever they, whatever they want to just talk, wrestle, play soccer, whatever they want to do. I say to them, look, pray eight rakas of tarawih, right? When the imam takes a break, then go out. Yeah. And if he's a case, just pray Asha and go. Pray Asha and two rakas, pray Asha and four rakas. And when I say a case, I'm not belittling. We're all cases in some little way, shape, or form, not to be arrogant. But we're saying this extreme addiction to social to yeah. cell phones and stuff and i tell him look if i walk in if i see you in a social environment with your cell phone i'm taking the cell phone right yeah. and i just take it right i just take it. i remember like when i was growing up and it's not that long ago right like i'm 23 years old right yeah when i was growing up this is before cell phones and handheld devices i would come home from school right five o'clock all the kids in the neighborhood would be outside oh man right oh, yeah. 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 i drive in my neighborhood now yeah. Yeah. No one plays outside. Yeah. No one I plays asked, outside. I asked my brother, like my brother's just like playing basketball and driving by himself or doing whatever. I'm like, why, why don't you play with the other kids? Yeah. It's like, there's no one here. Yeah. Subhanallah. Like, even even the um, there was a Nintendo at one point I think made a commercial about it, uh, where the kid is such a bright sunny day, beautiful sunny day, and he's playing Nintendo, and his mom said, "It's a beautiful day. Why don't you go play outside?" Yeah. He said, "Okay, sure," and she's like, "Wow," pleasantly surprised, yeah. and then she doesn't realize. He's going to got an extension cord yeah. and playing Nintendo <laughs> outside, right? But the, the funny thing is, even in the Nintendo days, right? Because I grew up in these days. You were going to other, at least you were going to other people's houses to play Nintendo with yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, so that's true. So on some level, it was still a yeah, social interaction true. versus like, you know, you're just in your own bubble interacting through this medium. In, right? in the, back in my day, Nintendo was not that good that you would give up a basketball game outside yeah. for right. Super Mario Bros. Way, it wasn't that good. That this brings up. So kids, they're communicating during while they're playing through their headsets or they're interacting on social media or whatever it is, right? right? Um, this creates a problem that never existed for my generation, which is you could be like some fake person online. Anonymity. Right? You can make up a whole fake personality. You can make all these claims about yourself that aren't true, mm-hmm. that are ridiculous, and nobody's going to check you because you yeah. don't ever meet those people in real life. Yeah. Like when, when I grew up, you it, you had to actually be a person yeah, with right. real personality traits, yeah. activities, yeah. real accomplishments or failures. Mm-hmm. And you had... and. All your friends knew about them because they actually saw you on a daily And think basis. about the quandary not only if that, you, for parents. It, it, what, what's really funny is if you ask like a, a, an older person now, let's say an older person who's never used the internet, you tell them to fill out a, like a, a username and password where it says put your real name or whatever, right? 
older people will like actually like we like will put in like you know like a screen name like our yeah. user nobody puts in their real name right yeah. for like like Mac daddy 95 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah like like, like your <laughs> online uh, but it, what it's really <laughs> funny is like older people you know and, and I've I somehow never grew up doing that. But older people, I've noticed that they'll put in their real name because yeah. they yeah. understand that you have to always right. be real. <laughs> you yeah. can't just be and, someone fake and someone who you're not. anonymity, right? It's yeah. Like, that's, that's the whole thing is that you can say and be whoever you want under the guise of anonymity because, like Alex said, nobody's going to check you on it and be like, oh, you don't actually know this. They don't know. It's well, just and I mean, and even if, username. even if you're your real self, I got a message on Facebook uh, like a week and a half, two weeks ago. Somebody was like, have you studied Islam formally, right? And I was like, what, what are these people thinking? Of course not. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've studied like three books in each subject yeah. and that's it. There's nothing, right? So I said, no, I'm just like a really basic level student. Like they, and I don't, I, I felt bad. I was like, am I giving off this vibe on Facebook? Like I'm a person who's like, who has knowledge and, right? So this can happen that very happens. easily. That happens a yeah. lot. And a lot of people are making these claims yeah. and they're like, I'm Sheikh so-and-so, I'm Ustad so-and-so. And, it's, it's... and here's the, the quandary with this, with when it comes to parents, is that you used to know who is the influence on your your, nah, you your, your son or daughter. You can, yeah, you can Now that kid. you don't know that stuff, right? Although sometimes you didn't realize that it was your kid. Uh, it, was <laughs> it was the bad influence. <laughs> <I know. laughs> that was me. But, but at least back in the day. Yeah. All right, so what else you got, Moyen? All right, so I'm glad we actually got through a good amount here. This has been good. Oh, well, so, the thing is, they, parents, though, the parents. Yeah, the they, parents. They, tie back to parents. Yeah. Listen, there's this thing let's, that... Let's do it. There's this thing that's, um, you know, it's, I guess, stereotypical, but there are some videos out there that are, I guess, humorous, right, that compare black parents to white parents, mm. right? White kids... This is just a stereotype. It's a video, right? It's not supposed to be a real thing. It's like a skit. It's like a skit that's actually real, but we can't say it's real, right? Where the white kids, <laughs> white kids comes home and he's yelling at his parents. His dad tells him to do something. He blows him off. His mom tells him to do something. He blows him off. And the black kid is there watching this. So the black kid goes home and says, hey, maybe I'll do that to my parents, right? Good luck. That doesn't work, right? And right. That, that ends real fast. The, 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 the point of these skits is that you can actually raise your kids because some people do and the kids still love them and they love them more, yeah. right? Whereas right. if we imagine that if I have if I'm have any strictness, right, and lay down the law with my kid that he's going to hate me, he will not. Yeah. They will. I think they'll respect you and love you more, right, yeah. than someone who just leaves them to do anything. This is somebody, that mentality mm-hmm. means that you don't get the like your own relationship to Islam yeah. because what is Islam but a, a, a very small amount of prescriptions that say yes you no. can't do this yeah. and you do must it. do that and it's for your benefit and it, it might be difficult now but it will benefit you later yeah. on uh, and this is the same thing you have to do with your kids yeah. you have to eat that you have to do your homework and you, you might not like it now but it will benefit you later on and sharia is also we say sharia the ulama say it's for your benefit but there's a, something else too this is in a, at a point that could be selfish right that's just always for your benefit okay you want paradise you want it you got to prove that i'm your god and no one else is your god how are you going to prove that with your actions. Mm. Prove that you believe in me as your God by not doing all this list of things and doing this little list of things, right? What is being a son or daughter other than practice for that? Yeah. It's practice, exactly. right? So I believe, and I was witnessed, if you have a strict dad, you're going to be easy with a good Muslim because Allah is more lenient than most and predictable. The law is predictable and it's there, out there, that you can study it 
Whereas your, your, if your dad's having a bad day, you don't know what to do, right? Do I ask to go out or not? If I ask something now, I, I might get an explosion in my face. If you have a strict dad, it's easy to become a Muslim, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> I feel like I survived that. I can do anything. I'm lo- when I look... <laughs> <laughs> I, I I know some of us and some people Very listening, true. right? Look at if if the prophet if I can only just get the rules from the prophet, this is easy, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Sheikh, you know, just that that, that, that Islam that, uh, is liberating in that yeah. <laughs> that into that in, intercultural example that you gave that skit. Yeah, just for the record, that works with almost everybody, right? Yeah, like if you go. Then that little Arab kid goes, the Egyptian kid goes home to his Egyptian yeah. father oh, and tries to tell happening. his father off. Not happening. Or, the, you know, the, the Daisy kid, yeah. or it's uh-huh. almost across the board, the Hispanic yeah. kid, even like the Italian kid, the Irish yeah. kid. It's like a small segment it, that is the wild it's kid. It's the opposite. It's like yeah. this, like, really like hippy dippy flower yeah. power family that's exactly. like, oh, little Billy is yeah, exactly. expressing himself. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. And that's the people that end up with transgender yeah. kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and here, here's the thing I ha- there is a they, guy. They go through with it then. There's a guy who constantly tells me, okay, I have a problem with this. Like, I don't see how Allah is just, is justified to put people in hell forever. Oh, right? I don't, and he doesn't believe that. Right? He says, I have a problem with this in Islam. I'll tell you, well, you haven't accepted Islam, first of all, if you don't believe that. But I, I guarantee you, 100%, this mentality that because I don't like something that it can't be true, it is reflective, <laughs> right? It is reflective of how he was raised. One hundred percent, there wasn't a man in that in that house. I have to say, right? Because he would have said, "Could you imagine that?" Even if there was a male, yeah, yeah, it could be a male, but there wasn't a, a murabi and a man in that household. Because how many times do you, when you were a child, you say, "I don't like this," right? And I don't think it's right. <laughs> you could say you don't like it all you want, right? But you're not going to say this is not right and this is not fair and have a occupy Washington, occupy uh, what Wall is it? Street. Occupy right. Wall Street in the house, yeah. right? Right. It's not happening, right? And then occupy dining room. Here's the other thing: there's not a single person that I've seen that had a moderately, reasonably strict parent who has not gone through a phase where he hated it, right? And then later in life, th- as long as they both survive. He loves his dad and right. has a great relationship with his dad, right? Because he realized it worked. Mm-hmm. Because of my dad, I have a job. Because of my dad, I didn't do something stupid and I'm now I'm married, right. right? Because of my dad stopped me from X, Y, and Z, right? And hanging out with those kids. Now look at those kids, right? With, uh, you know, d- no future. Destroyed people. And my dad stopped me from hanging out with those people. Mm. Then you realize, okay, that's a human being. What then about Allah and his messenger? They're looking out for us, right? Without the roughness of that he, uh, dads usually have. So, all right, now we can move on to the next subject. All right, so uh, next topic. Um, so since we're going to close with us, this one, uh, we're going to do weddings. Uh, weddings are a disaster. Moeen's got some interesting things to share. So uh, I'm, I'm going to preface this since it was one of my closest friend's uh, weddings. If he's listening to this, it had nothing to do with his wedding. Uh-huh. This was just on the schedule. Um I can testify that that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so Alex actually tested, uh, texted me, um, you know, how, how was my weekend? I said I went to a wedding and I texted him back and I was, he was like, how was a wedding? And I was like, you know, it was a typical Daisy wedding, standard stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Wasn't anything out of the ordinary. Boring speeches, some Quran, gender separation until the last 30 minutes uh, where it all went out the window and the DJ dropped the beat. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, so like, I mean, uh, 
it's now, and I feel like now weddings have become so preposterous yeah. that it's ins- so. I want to ask this question because mm-hmm. I heard this and, and I've never verified. I don't know if it's true. Is it true that Omar radiyallahu anhu he 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 had an issue with the big walimas at at, at a time? I think that vaguely I remember something like that. Vaguely, but I'm not. I can't say for sure. So I don't have an issue with um, people celebrating, being happy, and all these things. But I just feel like weddings are a disaster. I think they're a disaster, personally speaking. But you know what I don't talk about anymore? Because I don't think the people who are doing them care. I don't think they want to do things the right way. I don't think. No? Because if you went so far and you planned, like in cold blood, all this dis- acts of disobedience, right? And wrong actions. That, to me, you planned this. You spent money on it. And you did it in front of everyone. That's three things right there. You planned it. You spent money on it. And did it, and did it right in front of everyone. Right? So to me, all it tells me is, you know what? You do your thing. I'm stepping out. Because I don't think that you care. If it was if it was someone's doing an Islamic wedding, and then one thing he did, I could talk to him. Because he's proven that he's trying to do something right. Mm-hmm. When I see someone doing something wrong openly like this, to me, I say, you know what? Maybe I'm old school to imagine that people want to do things according to Sharia and Sunnah. Allah. I think that's maybe a thing of the 90s. I, you know, I, I once heard... I, <laughs> <laughs> you I think once, it was okay in the 90s? No, I'm thinking... Doing it correctly was Doing it okay and desiring to get married in a, and do weddings right as a community norm, that's a thing of the past. You think so? I I really th- do. Know, with, I don't in, go to weddings anymore. In my in my group, <laughs> you know, my, my group getting invited so, to weddings. <laughs> my group that got married around the yeah. like the the early two thousands, right? Yeah. Um, there was like peer pressure to do it right. Oh, so like your right. friends would say, "What are you doing a mixed wedding for? Or what are you doing? Yeah, what are you going to have true. this for? Or what are you going to have like, that pressure. kind of music? That's good peer yeah, pressure. Yeah, it was good peer pressure. Yeah. It was this idea of sohba. And you being on the religion of your of your yeah. companions, right? That's true. So that we kept each other honest with that. Yeah. Like your friends would tell you, they would, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't worry about hurting your feelings. Yeah. If they were your real friends, they'd be like, "What are you doing?" With That's this? true. You really and, gonna do a wedding? And like that? do people have a problem with peer pressure? I think if you look around, uh, liberal groups, right, activists, uh, the they biggest. apply peer pressure all the time. They're the biggest. They'll could come to our podcast and say, "Hey, where's the women?" Right? Yeah. I say, "Look, I don't believe we oh. don't have quotas." It's a don't different have podcast, right? <laughs> so, I was just saying, like, yeah. people want to talk. Okay, you can talk about anything yeah. you want. Bring up a subject. Why well, don't have women? Yeah. What do you think? I have a quota, yeah. right? Yeah. Am it's I doing more, this? It's, it's in, more disingenuous to have like a token woman on the show. Yeah, that's more or, like, disingenuous. A token representative. It's a joke. A certain, yeah, you know. And like, let me let me just tell people: we hang out in a little apartment. This is not. We don't believe in mingling, and we don't believe in bunch quotas. Of dudes in here. Yeah, we don't believe in quotas. We don't believe in mingling. And that's why they just so happens. If there's a great guest and a sheikh comes in, or someone who just has great commentary, I have no problem to do it. We're going to do it in public, openly, with all our wives there in attendance, have a discussion, right? In a way that there's no shubha and there's nothing near something coming to haram, right? By the way, let me just add that. If that's a serious complaint from people, where's all the way? The entry costs to having a podcast are very low. Oh, of course, that's free. True. It's free, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And here it is, and so people people do talk your own. to you. What do you care? You know, a lot so of these. You, uh, you don't need, you don't need us to set up a podcast, get an audience going, yeah, and uh, build up a reputation, and then you exactly. have to get added on because look, it's exactly. too many. It's the all male panel. Yeah. Hashtag and and all no, and all make your own podcast. Yeah, make your and own. Talk podcast. about interesting stuff. People will listen. That's true. Except you know what, the sound quality ain't gonna be on point. So. Well, you can't get that. <laughs> yeah, it's and, too bad. Uh, uh, and here's here's the thing. These uh, Set, a lot of these activists have to get married and train a woman, train his wife to be able to do <laughs> his magic. <laughs> a lot of activists come around 
and they come into your business, right? And tell you why you're not doing things the right way, right? I'm telling you, I don't work for your dad, right? <laughs> I mean, this is not your company, right? Yeah. So the the boundaries of people's business is like blurred or it's something. True. We, it's true. The yeah. point of the point yeah. I was saying is that isn't that a form of peer pressure? Right. That we seem to accept it. We mm. seem to accept it when a lot of these activists use their peer pressure to get people fired. And there's even terms for this where you go after their personal information, publish it online. Doxing. Yeah, yeah Doxing, all these yeah. things. What's it called? Doxing. Doxing, right? What does that mean? I'll, tell you, like, I'll tell you after the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the, it, the, it means like you divulge somebody's personal information. Name, like address, name, phone address, phone number, stuff like that in an effort to basically like discredit them by like having people yeah. just harass them. And usually, oh. yeah. And usually in, uh, they have done something like against some kind of um, group. They're bigoted. They did something bigoted, said something bigoted or whatever. Allegedly. By the way, there's, an, there's even a, a, a more extreme version of doxing now. It's called swatting where basically mm-hmm. uh, people will call the SWAT team on somebody's house and say, you know, there, there's like yeah, uh, make a false there's like a drug deal going down. Like there's they got bricks of cocaine or something in their dining room or whatever. And they'll have like the, the police will, will take no chances. They'll yeah. they'll full out send the SWAT team, bust down the doors, shoot their dog. Yeah, like throw bricks through the windows. It's crazy. Wow. So this is like the more this is like it's this is doxing <laughs> like another insane. level. Oh, so yeah. they're actually t- telling a lie. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. No, so they're, they're not writing them out. No, no, so there's a person that it, yeah. it could be like your house, right? Yeah. You and your, they don't like your, right. with your wife and your kids. Yeah. yeah. And they want to do. They now go, you just gave that house, ideas. blah blah blah, yeah. and then you know here come the cops and the, and and the, the origin because the cops nowadays dress like soldiers because they got all the equipment. So dangerous in the suburbs. Military. And they and this Mosul out here. The way we got to this is we're saying there's good peer pressure. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. There's excellent peer. For example, isn't it like the type of peer pressure that got imus fired right and temporarily CB, temporarily and cbs wfan refused to hire him back or cap him on the job from what from themselves no they wanted him from peer pressure mm-hmm. so that's good peer pressure because he just said something right he shouldn't have said he shouldn't have had his job but we also have our own form of good peer pressure right and that's why you got to live in a community yeah, i'm just gonna respectfully disagree yeah. with the good peer pressure in that case what i said was completely offensive and terrible yeah but I'm on on certain issues. I I think I'm I'm a little bit of a free speech absolutist. If the audience doesn't want to listen to him, they won't tune in. And Shut if he up. has an audience, let him roll with it. Yeah. Because yeah. somebody's definitely offended by half the stuff we said today. Yeah. And they shouldn't be able to get us shut down if, if that, we had if of we course. had a sponsor. We, we sponsor ourselves, so yeah. who cares? That's like that reminds me of this. Um. Uh. See, the CEO of Mozilla, right? He he was found. Like having given private donations to yeah. some, um, yeah, like, like that. Uh, yeah, group some that was group, opposing yeah. Prop Eight in California, right? Yeah, and this, this, and there were private donations that he made, you know, as a kind of his own thing. And For the audience, Prop Eight was the uh, the ballot measure in California to legalize gay marriage. Yeah, and uh, what happened was this, you know, the media that the outlets got wind of this. And it became such a controversy, even within the company itself, that they basically forced him to resign because of yeah. some private donations that he made. Yeah. So. So what is that? So I'm, for example, I'm opposed if, to all of that. If yeah. you if you have a if you have a if a community a group of friends to support each other do something halal, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. And unfortunately, somehow some communities that are good people, these weddings started to get out of hand, and no one says Nobody or does them. anything. Right, you gotta check your friends. You gotta check your friends, and we have to accept it. Check your friends. Yeah, (laughs) we have to accept it. This is fard to accept anasiha. That's true, grounded Mm -hmm. in truth. The issue is grounded in truth. Someone says, "Oh, I'm offended by things that we said here." 
that means you're offended by the truth, right? right? Unless you bring us an evidence that we said something wrong, or unless you're saying, "No, I'm offended by your tone." We say, "Okay." The, the problem with okay. weddings, though, yeah. <clears throat> to to make the counter argument, right, is that it's not just one person's decision, right? It becomes a whole family's decision. Where which wrong? Why you, which is wrong? <laughs> I mean, no, no, no. Yeah. I, I don't, it, I don't what, say is, I, is I disagree with. No, you. it's one person's decision. Who's paying for the wedding? Yeah, right. Like Sheikh Noah said about this. Somebody was asking. They said, "My, the fiance's family. They just keep pressuring to do this, to do that." He said, "Don't show up. They can't. They can't That's have a wedding true. without you." Subhanallah. Right. If you just refuse to, if you just yeah. stand on, stand on, not things that are gray area, but clear haram stuff, right? Yeah. Just don't show up. Because there's got to be Everybody has a limit Right mm -hmm. You're not going to go Oh but there's all this pressure From the families We have to serve wine Nobody would say that <laughs> Right It's <laughs> right. stupid It's mm -hmm. ridiculous Alright so let's start Drilling down Where are And then you got to get To what your actual limits are yeah. Some things you're just Going to be okay with mm -hmm. And right. you can't blame other people If you were Absolutely. If you if you showed up And I say this I'm I wouldn't have shown up To my wedding If there were certain things Like Nobody's serving wine and pork at my wedding. Yeah. And then you got to go down the list and see what your actual limit is. This is right. a beautiful way to look at it because everyone's got a limit. The question is, how do we define our limits? Mm -hmm. How do we draw them? Right. And if we have some kind of sensible way to do it, right, if we can agree on what the rules, what the rule book is, right, right. then we can operate. And this is a perfect opportunity to, because now you're going off on your own. You're a married couple. It's a perfect opportunity to be adults. To show yourself. Yeah. yeah. To act like say, adults. I'm an adult yeah. now. I'm making these big about. responsibilities. Yeah. yeah. I, I appreciate all that. You don't have to come if you absolutely insist on haram. Yeah. Like, I think wedding I'm not going to provide you with the haram that you insist on yeah. or else you're going to shun my wedding. Don't come. Yeah. Wedding reform is something that should be in every community. Mm. And uh, and I'm telling you, the, the, the poor families do it right because they come to a little hall or uh, like some masajid and no one expects any glitter and glitz. And they'll have their little wedding on one side, brothers and the sisters on another side. Mm -hmm. And they're in the masjid, so they can't even put music if they wanted to, right? right? And they have their wedding. And, uh, you know, and I'm sure some people don't respect this at all. I have a lot of respect for it. They come in khakis. They don't even have the decency to come in dress nicely. Whereas if they were going to some other wedding at some hall, they would dress to the nines, right? So they don't really have respect for it. But I have a lot of respect for those people. Yeah, me too. And I think that that's right. how it should be done. Now, I'm not saying it shouldn't be in a hall. It could be in a hall. If, you want, if you're rich, you got the money, right. do it in a hall. You want to have fun, have fun. There's also the issue of Israf. Though, right? Israf is a big thing. Here's the other thing about these weddings. This is the Prophet ﷺ hated the walima. He says, Allah hates the gathering where the rich are only invited. Yeah. Right? There are no poor people. Right. right? It's I call it stomachs feeding stomachs. Stomachs is a phrase for like rich people. They have so much money, they eat so much. So they're, they're fat. In the past, if you were fat, you're rich. Because otherwise there's no food to go around. That's in the past, right? right? So it's stomachs feeding other stomachs. And this is no good. This is not charity, right? This guy's eating a steak anyway, whether he comes to your wedding or not. In fact, he might not even like the food at your wedding. Whereas there are people who don't eat meat on a regular basis or even at all. We need to go find them. The whole barakah of the wedding of the walima is to have them. They're going to come in their shabby clothes and the arrogant people don't like that. And this ha arrogance has to be broken. It's got to wow. be broken. Never even thought about it that way. It's total, total arrogance. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I guarantee you, there are some people, whether it's Pakistani or Egyptian like ourselves, if they showed up at the wedding, people would be like, well, they're going to ruin the scene. They're going to ruin everything. The way they're dressed. No, how poor they are, right? No, are they ex-convicts? Maybe they're going to steal the silverware. Yes. I guarantee you this is going to be the case, right? 
and uh, what is a walima other than feed the people including the poor right when i went there was uh, one of the habayib in yemen he had a wedding and i got to see in tarim what they do for weddings all the wedding is and i'm not saying this is how it should be but they have the root of the thing the wedding is that people dress up they come to the open space there is plenty of meat for all people to come and i'm telling you people came for the meat right and then they congratulate and there's some singers right and some dua and some athkar right and some people singing and then they had their own folk dances sisters are alone and the men alone they have folk dances in tarim right mm-hmm. and i was like okay this is how it's supposed to be you know i have a great idea if it's patented so don't steal it the outdoor wedding should be brought to America. Yeah. People yeah. get married when That's it's true. nice out anyway. Nice weather. That's true. Yeah. And I don't mean like some kind of weird like country club wedding. Yeah. I mean, do the picnic yeah. wedding. Invite people. Have yeah. it someplace that's public. People can come. Yeah. Provide enough food. Mm-hmm. And you'll you'll get more baraka in your life yeah. across the board. Across the board, we Allah should... will make your marriage more successful. Sorry, across sorry. the board, we should be looking for the fuqara. Mm-hmm. Searching for them. They should be on your phones. Like there should be at least one or two people who is your, your contact point right for the people who are in need right i got a guy on my phone he knows all the people right and when i have, when we have extra people bring extra clothes jackets i have no problem with that very quickly that stuff will be taken up right and even if you have committed some sins we just talked about pornography and stuff you think this stuff is not all connected it's all connected you you got some sins you got addictions now people have addictions to heroin alcohol in the massage, by the way. Yeah. And some people are addicted to actual sex. Forget pornography, right? They're just yeah. sex addicts, right? And they're in the massage, right? And they're trying to be good Muslims, right? People have sins. We don't look down on a sinner. We look down on someone who takes his sin lightly, right? right. That's a big problem. That's almost like kufr, right? Or proud of it. Or he's proud of it. That's even, oh, it's an absolute well, problem right there. about the wedding. Yeah. The Sheikh Noah says that there's nothing more gross yeah. than to plan to commit a sin like tomorrow morning I'm going to get up I'm going to do this haram this is cold blooded and it's one thing if it happens yeah. in, in, but to like have with forethought yeah if it, there's a hadith that says in Allah fi akhi which means Allah is always helping a servant as long as that servant is helping himself you Moeen you talked about a man he went on hajj to try to get rid of his sin right that's you are serving yourself how about pick up the phone Look for some miskeen, needy people, oppressed people in courts. There are people out there in courts, totally oppressed, right? Reach out to them, make them feel better a little bit, right? Just send them something. Poor people, help them put a smile on the face of poor people. This is probably more weighty in the sight of Allah than you're going and spending 10 hours making toba for yourself, right? Because Allah loves people who help other people. And then Allah's, you think Allah is going to not help that person? He's going around helping the poor. So all these are. things are connected. Absolutely. So uh, this was a great conversation. I'm surprised we got through a good amount. Alhamdulillah, this was okay. great. What was missing? Uh, we missed. Uh, what did we miss? Oh, how to interact at work. That was Saad's favorite topic. That's, yo, a, that, yo, that's that, a whole thing. Yo, that's a, that's we need that needs its own podcast. Yeah, why don't talk. you guys sub it down to subtopics? Yeah, and we could do that. So we'll do we'll do another one about uh, how to interact at work. That's a different topic. The yeah. corporate slave. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think it was a great episode. So thank you, everyone. Inshallah, um, Doc Chad, do you have any last words or are you good? Everything's good. Great topic. Inshallah. Good. Hopefully, people benefited. 
All right, inshallah, I'll wrap it up. So, assalamu alaikum, everyone. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah, ilaha 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 ilaha